sends the beast with wrath because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is episode three, part two of our musical journey. I uh, hope everyone's got their uh, candles lit and it's all uh, encircled in a pentagram um, after listening to that intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tonight, today, we're going to be talking about our, our uh, discovery of uh, rock music. <laughs> and what better way to start that than with a uh, little Iron Maiden, 666, Number of the Beast. So, hope you enjoy the podcast. All right. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Like, Eminem's in the video? Eminem is in the video, dude. Dude, that's crazy. I remember when the first time I saw this video, I was like, wait, dude, that's like that band that was like at fucking, that everyone was talking about at church camp or whatever, and I was like, are they really from Bakersfield? The funny thing is, like, I remember, like, once um, I found out they were from Bakersfield, like, everyone had a corn story about how, like, yeah. everyone knew them, or like, my, every- mom ba- my mom used to babysit Jonathan Davis. Ooh. Yeah, like, everyone went to high school with them. They were just kind of like the it band here in town. Yeah, like everyone was friends with them, even though like on all their CDs, like they were like outcasts and loners, but somehow everybody in Bakersfield knew them. I remember my cousin who was like a hardcore like gangster, he said like they used to practice next to his house, and I was like, dude. Dude, everyone has that story. Yeah, like they used to practice next to everyone's house, according to everyone. (laughs) Hey, what's going on? (laughs) You caught us in mid-conversation talking about corn. Um, we're gonna. That was actually my first band that got me into the heavy metal and, and rock music. So, uh, how appropriate for us to uh, start the podcast with them. But um, uh-huh. yeah, um, we're pretty much gonna pick off, or pick up where we left off last time. Where we were talking about, um, you know, um, our journey through music. Um, you know, we our first episode was with uh, hip hop, um, and I think the best place to start off with would be like you were saying earlier. Um, what was your uh, earliest memories of rock music as, as a child? My my earliest memories at rock, with rock music was um, basically my dad's uh, music. It was basically um, uh, The Doors, The Rolling Stones, and Led Zeppelin, because that's pretty much what he listened to. Uh, you know, besides like the Mexican salsa music that he liked, um, but it was a lot of The Doors and and. Like the 1960s stuff? Yeah, it was a lot of 1960s stuff, and um, I liked it. Like, I really liked The Doors. Even to this day, I love The Doors. But it definitely didn't feel like my music. It felt like, you know, this is my dad's music, mm-hmm. and um, it was fine. It was fine for what it was, but I felt like that music had, had, you know, come and gone, and it was gone now. So, like, I was looking for my own music, and, you know, that's as, you know, from last episode, hip-hop was that first thing that I felt was my music. Uh, what about you? What was your first? Um, like I said in the last podcast, I, my, my first memories are being, you know, my dad coming home and putting on MTV, you know, and I, you know, vividly remember, you know, when Guns N' Roses was a new thing, like that, like when they broke out and became new, like they, I remember that era. I remember when Motley Crue was on top of the world. I remember <clears throat> like the whole hairband, uh, uh, the tail end of the hairband era and just thinking like, wow, this is kind of, I guess this is cool, but like, you know, not really like you know, liking it or anything. It was just what was on, you know? Like, today, I guess the equivalent, like, driving down the street and hearing Drake or hearing, uh, uh fuck. <laughs> it was one of those mumble rappers. It was just, like, background music, you know? that That's what was cool or whatever, but 
um, like you said, like it wasn't anything that, you know, grabbed me, you know, at that time, you know, it stuck with me, but, you know, and then I remember too, like when um, we'd go visit my uncle and my, uh, my grandparents up in Utah, uh, my uncle, he was very young at that time, he was probably like 18, 19 years old, I want to say, and um, he always had like the fast ass like Camaro or something or Firebird or whatever, and he was always blasting White Snake and <laughs> Metallica and Pantera and Slayer and stuff like that. He was very like with the times or whatever. And I remember like when he for Christmas uh, he got like a Aussie like uh, tape. I forgot which one it was, but I just remember hearing like Zach Wilde's like you know squeals. So it was like around like when Zach Wilde started playing with Ozzy. But I remember like that time period, and I remember like not liking it at the time because it just felt like, oh, this is the devil's music. Because <laughs> my mom got really religious there for a minute, mm. but just like thinking like, oh, if I listen to this, I let this ingest, like the devil's gonna take over my soul. But um, it was just funny because later on in my life, like that actually became like the staple of my musical diet. Ozzy? Well, no, like all that music, oh, like, except yeah, for like yeah. except for like White Snake. But I mean, like as a joke, like I would listen to it. But um, no, like Metallica and Slayer and stuff like that. I, you know, would definitely shape you know <laughs> my musical taste for you know the rest of my life, pretty much. Yeah, same here. I think we're both like pretty big metalheads now, but. You know, as we said in our first first podcast, you know, like hip hop was was our first love, and um, and you know, we went through those early years of like the early to mid '90s where like Dr. Dre and Tupac were kind of what we were going for, what mm-hmm. we were what we were more musically inclined to. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, it wasn't until about 1998, 1999, probably closer to 1999, mm-hmm. when I first heard uh, "Got the Life" by Corn. Yep. And I was just like, "Fuck, this is so cool!" Um, it was the first time I thought a, a rock song was cool. Pre- previously to that, I was not enjoying anything in like the rock world at all. Like everything felt like depressed. Yeah, everything felt like it was like some Nirvana cover band. And even then, I didn't even think Nirvana was that cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, Corn came out, and it was very like hip hop oriented, and it was very, very mean. And then not only that, but they were from Bakersfield, which is like our hometown. So I gravitated to that so quickly. And my older sister went to Highland High School. You know, I hadn't gone to high school at the time yet, but. I was like, oh fuck! Like I'm so excited to go to high school now because <laughs> because Jonathan Davis went to Highland High School. Yeah. And so I was I was all about it. I was like, Corn was the greatest band at that time for me. I don't know about you. What was your first rock band you got into? Dude, it was Corn as well because um, up until that point, like I, my personal motto was like, if it's got the guitar and drums in it, like I don't care about it, like. That, that's whack to me, you know, like, that's, like, so passe, you know, that the future is rap, the future is hip-hop, but um, hip-hop was really letting me down, that's, like, when uh, No Limit Records was, like, a big thing, and, like, Cash Money started to be a big thing, and I was not about that at all, like, I tried hard to get into it, but I just couldn't, like, it was just, it wasn't um, <clears throat> my thing, and I remember, like, DMX, like, um, that was, like, a big thing, for a while too like after Tupac died like he was like christened like the new guy to take over and I remember liking the hits from DMX but like when you listen to his actual albums they were horrible dude like they were fucking horrible yeah and um I was just so disillusioned with like hip-hop at this time like I was just like searching for something new 
and I remember between this time period and when you were talking about when um, Got the Life came out, um, I went to this church camp with my family, and like every kid there, like they, like every other thing they would talk about was like, hey, did you know that Jonathan Davis, uh, da, 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 or did you know Fieldy did this, did you know Monkey did this, and I was like, who are these people they're fucking talking about, and they're like, oh man, when we get back to, um, to camp, because we'd go on these like hikes or whatever, I'm gonna let you uh, borrow, you know, the Korn's first uh, album, okay? And then let me borrow uh, Life is Peachy, okay? And like they would always like go back and forth, and that's all they talked about was corn, 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 you know? And um, I was like, who the hell, are, like, who the hell is this like weird ass named Corn or whatever, you know? And they they said it, they were from Bakersfield, so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I remember one night um, I was watching um, 120 Minutes with Matt Penfield. For, um, Old school. Yeah, dude. Like, and I, like, I want to say this was like '96, '97, and all of a sudden they played Adidas uh, by Corn, and I thought it was like the the weirdest shit ever. Like, I was like, okay, like, they're all dead, and, and yeah. you know, I thought the song was kind of stupid, so I was like, oh, okay, so this is the band they're talking about, <laughs> and this is like right when you know, I was in my midst of my like gangster rap, you know, fandom or whatever, and I was like, ah, whatever, this Corn band sucks. So fast forward to what you were talking about. Um, 9899 when um uh follow the leader comes out MTV releases got the life and I didn't know what the hell I was watching like I didn't know who this band was I missed like the intro credits to it I didn't know who it was at all but I just remember like damn this video is sick it was like like a modern day like Miami Vice you know they're running they're uh <clears throat> rolling around in these freaking Ferraris and fucking Jonathan Davis is walking a fucking pit bull or whatever yeah. down like the streets of LA and it just looks sick as shit, dude. Like, and then Dubsy all of a sudden just starts like crip walking in the middle of the video. I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, yeah. and like just that that fact that Dubsy gave you know gave like that rub. Like, I was like, all right, it's okay that I like this, like this rock music because up until then, I kind of had like this like hidden like these hidden like pleasures, you know. Like, I remember liking Metallica's um, "Until It Sleeps," and I remember liking like other rock songs but just not ever coming forth with it because like oh i don't want to betray like my love for rap you know and just the fact that dub c like was in there crip walking in the middle of like a, a video i was like all right this like this this seals it like I, I i love this song i gotta know who this is and as soon as the end credits come up and it says corn my jaw just hits the ground i'm like holy crap is this uh the band that everyone was talking about like this this shit is awesome and i remember the big show during this time was TRL. And, you know, all that was on there was, you know, ever, like, was, like, you know, boy band songs and, you know, Britney Spears and all this bullshit. And, like, slowly but surely, like, that song just started to take over. Like, at first it was, like, at number 10. Then you would see it at number 7, then 6, and then 5. And it was always, like, trying to compete with, like, number 1. And it was, I think it was, like, the first video they had to retire because they yeah. got played so much or whatever. But... I was, like, one of those kids, like, when it was, like, coming to, like, one of the last days for that song, where they had to retire it, where we were pushing for it to get to number one, and I just remember that was, like, a huge thing at school, like, all these, like, old, like, old school, like, hip-hop heads, like, they were in the corn now, and we were all trying to call TRL to get them to number one. Yeah, I remember, I, I remember, um, I remember TRL being, like, a big deal at the time. I wasn't that into it, but, um... Just because, like, I wasn't that into TV at the time. So it wasn't until, like, the follow-up single to that album uh, when uh, Freak on a Leash came out. And I remember that video was, like, 
groundbreaking as fuck. Like, it was... It was, like, that CGI bullet flying through an entire, like, town and, like, destroying shit. And I thought that was, like, the greatest thing. At that point, I was convinced Korn was, like, the coolest band ever. Oh, yeah. And um, that's when I started kind of watching TRL. And I started getting more and more into it and being like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. Like, I, I kind of dig this. And, um, uh, you know, and, and they were kind of like the standalone band for me because I, I wasn't listening to many other rock bands at the time. I think I just, because I liked Korn, I was like, well, okay, I'll check out, like, our local rock station. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then that kind of got me into, like, you know, like the poppy stuff, like the hits by, like, Rob Zombie and... I'm trying to think who else was popular at the time. Power Man 5000. Power Man 5000. They had a couple like Metallica songs, but it was kind of like later Metallica songs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they were they weren't playing like anything from like Red the Lightning or anything. Um, but it was just kind of like you know I figured that's what rock music was and that's what heavy metal was at the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's what heavy metal was to me at the time. And um, and I was kind of starting to feel it. Like I was like okay, like you know I kind of dig Rob Zombie. I kind of dig like. Um, that Metallica time period I, I thought it was decent and um I was starting to enjoy it more I think Metallica had just put out the like the S&M album the No Leaf oh, yeah. and like No Leaf Clover was getting radio play and um I was starting to feel it and I was like okay I, I kind of dig this like it's kind of cool um but I was starting to like get that urge for like more rock music mm-hmm. you know and it was this is going 99 going out to 2000 and like Korn was about to put out the um the issues. issues album and issues was uh, to me like that's their best album like issues to me is like the dopest shit like at that time period even to this day i'll still listen to issues because i think it just flows so perfectly and um and it still sounds like corn but at the same time it has a little more of an industrial vibe to it those little those little like nine chanel's elements that i didn't even recognize at the time because i didn't know who nine chanel's was mm-hmm. was at the time but um but yeah, I was starting to like definitely like gravitate more towards rock music than I was rap music. So oh yeah, and um, <clears throat> to to piggyback off that, like yeah, I remember I got obsessed with Corn. I remember going to a record store to buy to buy Follow the Leader, and then they just had this big uh, display like right in the front of the store with all of their albums. And um, of course, you know I'm like 13 years old. I want to say. So I didn't have a lot of money to spend, but what I had to spend, I bought Follow the Leader, and I bought their first album, and I bought a VHS tape that I got for free, because I think they had like a buy two, get one free thing. So I bought this VHS, which was um, Who Then Now? And I just remember like, oh, okay, you know, this this would be a cool like, you know, thing to get into, see like all of their, you know, earlier stuff. And I just remember watching that video, and watching it just over and over and over again, because the guys in the band like they were so fucking cool and it felt it didn't feel like you were watching gods you know like up to that point i think rock music like like everyone was just you know untouchable like you would see aerosmith you know and it was just like they would just be gods on stage or kiss you know they would be these untouchable figures you know that you know you aspire to be but no corn like they were just like average guys that you would see like at the at lucky's you know grocery store or whatever yeah. you know and it's like i remember just seeing like head and monkey like i was just like man these guys are hilarious and then like fieldy like he was like every other cholo that you would see like in east bakersfield at that time and then jonathan davis was like just like that nerdy friend that you had you know like uh i mean he might be a nerd but you still love him you know he still got that lovable quality to him and i just remember just like at that time 
like I didn't I wasn't really allowed to like go to other people's houses or have other people at my house because my mom had a daycare and she was a single mom so she didn't want to have to like you know track me down while she was you know busting her ass so it's just like at that time like those were my friends like these are the people I wanted to be friends with you know and I, I just remember just becoming obsessed with corn and I would buy all their back albums you know their self-titled first album life is peachy you know then you know follow the leader and I'd memorize every single one of the lyrics you know I would even the scat part you know the beginning <laughs> like twist like Dude, I did the same thing like I, I actually Google the lyrics to, <laughs> to, to twist, twist. Because uh, apparently like, someone like had a theory that they were actual words and all this stuff. And so like I was big, I was so big on Korn. I did the same thing, like I looked at the like, you know, the older albums and I was aware of like the bands that I considered uh, like Korn friendly. Like I knew who Limp Bizkit was, I knew oh, who yeah. Orgy was. I was I was really into like, really into Orgy at the time too. Because I remember, I remember thinking like, God damn this band's sick. And they they were from like Shafter or something like that. Yeah, like, somewhere close to yours. Yeah, and I was like, God damn. They were like, they grew up with Jonathan Davis too. So I was like, okay, like this is cool. I I knew who Videodrome was. Videodrome was a new, another local band. Mm-hmm. And so like, and they were all like getting MTV play at this time period. Uh, but going back, you know, to uh, the Life is Peachy album, um, there's a song on there called Wicked. And Wicked features Chino from Deftones. And I th- for a long time period, I thought it was just, like, some random rapper on there. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> I just thought it was, like, a, some dude, like, some rapper. Some, like, low, like, low-level like low rapper I didn't know about and I wasn't going to care about. Until I was reading um, the booklet and it says, like, featuring Chino Moreno. And I was like, whatever, I don't know who that is. And then I, I saw the video on uh, the Who the Who Did Now where they're recording with him. And I was like, oh... That's like that's it's a guy from another rock band, so I decided to check out that rock band, uh, the Deftones band. Like around the same time period, Deftones drops the White Pony album, and I was just like, "Fuck, this is the greatest band ever!" <laughs> like, I thought that was even which like, is a sentiment I think you still hold. To oh, day. definitely, definitely. Like anyone that knows me personally knows like Deftones is like my like my bread and butter like. Like this is a band that to this I think at this point I've seen them eighteen times live. Yeah, it's I like, think like if you pass away before me, like I'm like carving like the Deftones <laughs> white pony. Oh, to definitely, casket, yeah. That that is like a symbol that's just like associated to me at this point. Yeah. Like Deftones just became like my thing where I was like, holy shit, white pony hit, Wicked was awesome. I started like, I started like definitely like opening my eyes to like this new world that I was just like blind to before this, mm-hmm. and I was. I was just so in love with, with, with Deftones at this point. And I think what made it easy, too, was is just like it wasn't like a dramatic <clears throat> shift from, like, okay, you're listening to fucking Dr. Dre and Mob Deep, then now all of a sudden you're listening to Slayer. Like, it wasn't, like, that dramatic of a switch because, like, Korn, like I said earlier, like, and, and Deftones, you know, they had, like, those bridges that, you know, ease you into this new form of music, you know? And a lot of people call it a rock rap or you know new metal or whatever it's called but like it just had like these nice bridges which you know for us you know bridged along those gaps that you know was hard to you know to get into that other stuff like the metallicas you know your iron maidens and whatnots um but like you know corn you know they had dubsy crip walking in their video um you know they, they made a cover of fucking ice cube song wicked yeah. um, there was all these like links to the stuff that i like that you know helped 
helped inter helping open up the door you know to this whole other genre that was there that you know was probably even better than what we were listening to before yeah. so you know that's what I really like cherish about that time period a lot of people look down like at you know the that new metal period and you know they're you know they have some valid points you know there's, but yeah there's definitely some cringe-worthy moments going on there but but like it, it definitely opened my our eyes to you know something more beautiful so I mean hey if if corn is a gateway drug then hey <laughs> I love them for it you know? yeah corn was definitely both of our gateway drugs and um it, once I was like totally all into Deftones and then it's you know you kind of mentioned it like corn felt really down to earth like it felt like dudes that we could hang out with you know it didn't feel like we were like Slayer like Slayer felt like a larger band Nirvana felt like larger than life kind of thing to mm -hmm. me at the time period um and when I saw Deftones, they just looked like dudes, like dudes that I would see like walking down the street. Yeah. And the fact that they were Mexican was like really like really friendly towards me where I was like, hey, I've never seen like Mexican people do rock music like this. Yeah. It felt really nice to me. Like I was like, okay, I can relate to this, like even more so than Korn. And, um, and you know, like they're, they're Sacramento bands, so it's not like it's that far from Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. So like I was all about it and... um you know, like, uh, around that time period, I started to start to get a little more interested in, like, other things out there. I was trying to fish for, like, other things that sounded like Deftones. And for a long time, I couldn't find it because on my, you know, our local radio station, the Crab radio station, you know, it was basically, like, Rob Zombie, which which I like. I like Rob yeah, Zombie. I still do, too. Yeah, I'm not going to knock Rob Zombie, but, like, it was a lot of that. It was, like, a lot of, like if you were the Godsmack, it was, you know, it was rock radio yeah and so like you weren't gonna find the best of the best out there mm -hmm. and so um and i think too like we can't ignore this like this is about the time too like when limp biscuit was huge too oh yeah because like i mean the first explosion was uh corn and then the, the the next was like the brother band you know the other brother band uh was limp biscuit and um that that was the next one where it was like more hip-hop friendly you know and, you know, I, I look back at Limp Bizkit now, and I kind of laugh, and, you know, like, I'm kind of ashamed, quote-unquote ashamed to say, like, I was a Limp Bizkit fan, but, I mean, significant other, like, that was actually, to me, like, an actually solid-ass, you know, uh, record, you know, and yeah. I, I, at that time, too, um, this is where, like, we're entering high school, you know, and a lot of people are changing, you know, from what where they were at, like, you know, in junior high and elementary school, so a lot of kids that were like hip-hop like cholo kids at school they were turning into these pop punk like weirdos and like yeah. i could not for the life of me and i still can't for the life of me get into pop punk like it just seemed like like a weaker form of music like everyone was whining and stuff and it just felt like okay what's the antithesis to this, this the, you know i'm not gonna ride that wave you know i'm not because I felt very betrayed by these kids, you know, they were going into high school, like, one minute they were all choloed out, you know, claiming Loma, yeah. and now they fucking got kooka shells and fucking uh, Osiris shoes and uh, frosted <laughs> tips, you know, and, like, they're all about Blink-182 and no effects and all this bullshit, and I was just like, ah, oh, man, nah, what, what's the antithesis to this? And for me at the time, it was Limp Biscuit. like, it, it wasn't anything cool, <laughs> like Art said, like, Deftones or anything like that, but... I felt like more of a, like, okay, this is more primal, you know, this is very, you know, masculine at this time, you know, they played Woodstock, and I think they fucking haven't had another Woodstock since, because, you know, they just, like, you know, literally burned the place down, you know, and to me, like, that felt like 
you know, like when you said you were talking about the Chronic last podcast, you know, it just felt like okay, this is this is scary, you know, this is this is gritty, this is real. And you know, I look back and laugh at that now, but at that time that's what I identified with. You know, like my two my two dishes were okay, either follow the pop punk, you know, traders or follow this new wave, you know, of uh, you know, yeah. rock rap, you know, and I was definitely all about it, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to knock Limbiscuit like uh, I feel the same way. Like Significant Other was a kind of a big moment in my life as well. Mm-hmm. I think there were like two things that happened that kind of like derailed me from like liking Limp Bizkit more than I probably should. And one of them was um, my very first concert ever was Corn. It was here in Bakersfield, and the the bands that were playing were Corn, Powerman Five Thousand, and Papa Roach. And I remember watching Papa Roach and being like. This kind of fucking sucks. Like, I remember <laughs> yeah. thinking, like, Papa Roach sucks. Like, I thought they were, like, a weaker version of Limp Bizkit. And so, like, I was just kind of like, ah, whatever. You know, like, I don't I don't like this. You know, like, and I wanted to like it because I felt like they were part of that whole family of, like, bands. And then the other thing that happened, there was, like, a really, like, douchey, like, football player dude. And um, he had a Limp Bizkit CD. And I was like, dude, that guy's a fucking douche. He likes Limp Bizkit? Like, that's not his kind of music. And that's the other thing that kind of, like, derailed me from, from liking yeah. that. Yeah. And at this time period, I was just like... Oh, there was one more thing. Um, <laughs> sorry, not to go off on a tangent. I remember particularly one night, I couldn't sleep. And at this point, like, I was, like, obsessed with, like, rock radio. Because I was just, like... I wanted to hear, like, everything that was fresh. And um, I couldn't sleep, so I was listening to, like, our local rock station... And they played uh, Spiders by System of a Down, and I thought that was, like, fucking dope as shit. You know what's crazy about System of a Down? Like, I didn't get into them till much later on. Like, like when Toxicity came out, like, I kind of, like, overlooked yeah. that and, you know, everything else, you know, that came out from them. Like, I just kind of, like, uh, okay, whatever. It's just another, you know, new metal band, like Mushroom Head or some shit. Huh. But, like, I, like, later on, like, ten years later, like, after, like, they were, like, a thing, like, that's when I started getting into them. And, like, I fucking regret it to this day, man. Dude, I remember telling my sister, who who's older than me, like, I was telling her, like, no, you gotta check out System of a Down. So, like, we put our money together, and, um, this is the first time that we bought, like, albums together, and we were, as like... As a family. Yeah, as a family. We, like, put all this money together, and we were, like, alright, here are the three albums that we're gonna buy. We got Deftones' White Pony, we got System of a Down, the self-titled album, and we got Papa Roach... Whatever the fuck the first Papa Roach album's called. (laughs) You're two for three now. Yeah, and, like, I remember hating my sister so much for picking the Papa Roach album. (laughs) Because at the time, I think I wanted, like, DMX or something. I don't remember what I wanted, but, um... But Papa Roach, like, like, to go back, like, on that whole pop punk thing, like, they just kind of seem like those kids, like... Okay, yeah, we we were pop punk, but then now we're gonna we're gonna put some distortion on our guitar. Like, yeah. it just seemed like that. That's like I saw right through that. I was like, oh, okay, no, I'm not gonna fuck with this. This has like no heart to it. Yeah, I wasn't. I was never really feeling Papa Roach. Although that first Papa Roach album isn't complete trash. I'm gonna knock it completely. Mm-hmm. But it was piggybacking off of like everything else that was going around yeah. the time period. Like it was basically like, Jonathan Davis was having house like you know like home problems, you know family issues. This guy's having family issues. Yeah, it followed the template. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Even, like, all these other bands started popping up, like, Disturbed. Like, all of a sudden, the dude from Disturbed was also getting, like, molested. Like, everyone at this time period was getting molested. 
Like that, like, that was in vogue, everybody. That was in vogue, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Jonathan Davis getting molested. Everyone's getting molested. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just like a bad. It was like a really corny time period. No pun intended. Yeah, it was just bad. Like, there were all these bands that were just popping up. Mushroom Head, you mentioned. I can't to this day. Like, that's like the the epitome of like shittiness to me. Like Mushroom Head or so whatever. I, oh, that's when dude. I started like, okay, now I need to start branching out or whatever. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> to get this back on track but like i <laughs> like yeah like you're absolutely right like once like that started happening where it's just like they took what corn was doing and then like you know to you know lesser extent less biscuit was doing and it started to get very watered down it started to like you know like dissipate you know like the scene at that time and i i just was like oh, okay man and it was starting to get that same feeling with um with, that i was feeling with rap like man music is just totally letting me down at this time and I think this is when I started, you know, my, you know, journey to looking back, you know. <clears throat> this is right when Napster started to hit, too. And um, I just started, like, downloading all these um, songs that I had guilt for liking, you know. Like, you know, Metallica's Until It Sleeps. Um, uh, More Than Words by Extreme. Like, just all these, <laughs> like... I, I, you laugh now, but, man, that song's fucking beautiful. But, um you know, it's all these songs, like, I just had guilt for liking, you know, because it was rock, you know, and I lived by that, that template, like, oh, if it's got drums and the electric guitar, I ain't fucking with it, you know, and I was like, you know what, no, I, I like rock now, it's okay, you know, I don't give a fuck who, who knows that I do, I'll stand on a mountain, you know, I, I like rock music now, and, um, I, I just started working my way backwards, you know, I started with the 90s, you know, I tried to get, like, into all the Nirvana and all that, and, you know, picking and choosing, you know, like, what I liked from, like, Soundgarden and things like that, and then 80s, you know, I, you know, went through, like, all the heavy metal guys, you know, um, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Iron Maiden, Ozzy, to the 70s, you know, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, and uh, Black Sabbath, and shit, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, Cream, like, I just started going through the litany, The Doors, yeah. Pink Floyd, just everything, like, yeah, I just started this, this whole you know, redefinition, you know, like, I was just gonna know everything there is to know about music, like, I was gonna turn into Matt Penfield, <laughs> like, I was gonna, like, know everything, because, like, music was just letting me down, you know, because if Mushroom Head and fucking Ja Rule and DMX are on top of the world, like, I'm gonna go the opposite direction here. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, when I first heard, um, I think, Drowning Pool came out around the time period, mm. with the, let the bodies at the floor, and I thought that was, like, the worst shit ever like there's there's only like 10 words in that entire song they're just kind of like repeated and repeated and repeated till like they get drilled into your head yeah and i remember uh at this point i was really interested in music so i started uh playing the bass clarinet and uh and i think i don't know anyways i was playing bass clarinet and so i was talking to a bunch of like other like marching band nerds and they were all into pop punk like they were all about like no effects and and uh, Tooth and Nail record stuff, which is like a Christian pop punk record label, and, and I was, that was a big thing at Highland because I remember like my fucking cousin who went there, like he loved like all that stuff too. Like I just remember that was huge. I just remember just looking at him with like disdain, like man, you let me down, boy. Yeah, like I, dude, I remember thinking like oh, I don't fit in. I, I even tried like listening to, uh, not No Effects, but uh, there's another band with like the word MXPX. Like, MXPX, sorry, yeah, MXPX, and like just thinking like man i don't like this at all and like um 
uh, I met this dude uh, who was also in my marching band. His name is Anthony Walker. And he was like, oh, dude, he was like a big Deftones fan. And he was like, oh, you like Deftones? You should check out Tool. And so I was like, all right, I'll check out this Tool band. And um, that was like the next band that like, I, I never heard anything like that. Like I never heard progressive rock or progressive metal or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I had never heard anything like that before. And all of a sudden, like, I was all about it. Lateralis hit. Everything was just like, everything was just like flowing for me like I was like oh fuck like this is that next level shit I can kind of stop listening to radio because now I have I can download my own music and I don't need it anymore and like every time I would listen to radio I would, all I hear was like Drowning Pool and like Godsmack and like just and I liked I thought Mudbane was okay but Mudbane was getting a lot of radio play and it was very blah to me so uh, to me Tool was like the shit and like I was starting to starting to go down that path of like, let me hear some more experimental shit. I wanted to hear like, you know, I, I kind of went the opposite direction because I already knew about the Doors, I already knew about Led Zeppelin. It always just didn't feel like my music, but now I wanted to hear like something like I wanted to hear that next level shit. And to me, Tool was that next level shit. Like it was pushing the boundaries of what. Dude, you like like you sound like a fucking drug addict right now. Like your gateway was corn, which was like, your weed, <laughs> dude. and then you got onto cocaine. <laughs> And all of a sudden you were on that fucking that that smack man. Dude, no, I mean that's kind of what it is. I mean if if white pony, white pony, if you don't know what white pony is, it means cocaine. Yeah. So and then um <laughs> and then lateralis is like at this point you're like taking like DMT like hard shit like you're just like it's basically that's what it is like rolling mollies and yeah, shit. Yeah, at this point you're like tripping out like some like interdimensional like losing your body kind of shit. Third eye. Yeah, this is my third eye was open at a very young age and it was just like tool kind of hit the spot for me and like i was i was all about it and i want to find other bands like this and i couldn't for a really really long time i was just like there's nothing else like tool there's nothing else like deftones you know I, I couldn't find anything around the same time period um my sister started dating her started dating a, a boyfriend who is now my brother-in-law who introduced me to this band called nine inch nails mm. and i was like mm this is not doing it for me. Nine Inch Nails is just not my thing. And the more I listened to it, because it was just on, and I was like, holy shit, like, this is actually, like, really beautiful music. This mm-hmm. might be even more progressive than Nine or than Tool. And I was just, like, in love with Nine Inch Nails at this point. Like, I started becoming, like, a musical prick, because I was like, <laughs> if it's not this level, if it's not this quality of music, I can't go back to it, y'all. Yeah. Like, I was just all about it. It's um, like one night eating fucking steak, like a like a delicious T-bone, and then the next night, like, hey, guys, we're going to eat some hot dogs. You know, like, no, yeah. you can't do it. Or some hot dog-flavored water, if you yeah. will. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, I, me, you were going that direction, which, you know, I would, you know, circle back around to much later in life. But um, it's funny you said, like, you started playing clarinet because I picked up um, my cousin's bass. He, Like I said, he was really into, you know, that pop-punk thing, and I think... He's more uh, more ambitious than me, um, and he like he wanted to start like a pop punk band, and I guess he had it in his mind that he was gonna be a bass player, um, and so he brought his for whatever reason he bought he brought his bass over to my house, and um, the amp and everything, and um, he just left it there, and it was there for like a while, like I want to say a month or two, like almost the whole summer. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm starting to get into this music. <clears throat> and I kind of want to, like, 
start playing it you know see you know it sounds like playable and at this time i started to rediscover metallica and i'm not talking about you know until it sleeps or um what was that mission impossible song they did um uh, i disappear yeah i disappear i'm not talking about like that metallica which i still like i'm talking about like one i'm talking about like master of puppets i'm talking about ride the lightning for whom the bell tolls and four horsemen and stuff like that and just like salivating at like all those riffs and i just remember like hearing kurt hammett every time he hit a solo like it was like it was like going to mcdonald's and like getting a happy meal like it just like was like holy shit like i love this man like this is this is this is this is like like or like the best thing i would the better analogy would be like it's like when homer simpson like starts eating the mcrib and like it like <laughs> it like shows like 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 the mcrib like hitting his bloodstream and shit like it like like that's what it felt like it was just like this this <laughs> this is like the shit dude like like i just felt so much joy like after like hearing metallica songs like i like no joke like when people talk about like natural highs like i got like a natural high like like i'm sure like everybody that's listening to this like has smoked like weed one time at their life if they don't right now yeah. and it's like i would compare that to like like hit like your first head change like when you smoke weed like like i, I hit I, like i was on my bed like playing air guitar to like fucking master of puppets or something just like going off one thing and i just experienced this as random head change like and it was just this just like shot of euphoria and i just looked at my cousin's bass and i was just like i'm gonna learn how to fucking play guitar so i started picking up like you know going online you know figuring out how to play guitar and stuff and i i was learning all the bass lines to you know the metallica songs but like i just wanted to play guitar so bad so i remember for christmas that year i said mom i'll pay for half of it you know with my allowance or whatever i save up for but you know and, and this is like in january but like all i want is like a decent guitar for for you know for christmas and whatever i have between now and christmas time like you know i'll make up the difference for and so yep for christmas i got this like this epiphone junior guitar like les paul junior guitar and i just remembered like i had no amp um i had to play with like these shitty ass strings that cut open my fingers like i didn't care like i was learning every single metallica song that was out there and, and like i would do that like from the moment i would get home um till like you know i'd have to go to sleep you know like i would just stretch it out every day just playing you know kill them all ride the lightning master of puppets every song on there and every day like i would learn a new riff i would learn a new solo and like I, at this time like, i started to be real good friends with um my high school friend chris bazan and he was also starting to get into all that stuff too and we were talking about starting a band and so i remember he would like after you know football games he would come over and um you know we would play guitar <laughs> with our electric guitars i think he had like an ibanez or something like that and like he would show me something new and i would show him something new and i believe he's the one that like introduced me to tapping and it just blew my whole fucking mind like i thought like oh my god this is some next level shit yeah. like and um I just remember just like playing electric guitar with no amps with this kid for like hours and um just like yeah this this is what i'm gonna do when i grow up i'm gonna be a fucking a rock like i'm gonna bring back guitar solos i'm gonna be like that next band yeah I, the funny thing is like around this time period i also bought a guitar but i was definitely like not that into it like i was like eh, i kind of suck at guitar <laughs> like <laughs> I would play, I, would, I wanted to play corn music, but I didn't understand like tuning at the time. I didn't understand that corn was like at a drop A, and that's why my guitar didn't sound like that. So like, I was like, man, I fucking suck. Like, even looking up guitar tabs. Um, but I started becoming like a big like, like, 
like stuck up musical prick at this time period because Nine Inch Nails was there and it was like really beautiful mm-hmm. and then I was like I started to kind of like pull away from like metal like you know like I feel like at this point like metal would have been the natural progression you know from like heavy like let's just keep going heavier I started going more into like Radiohead and Portishead and like um pretty much like all these like artsy like avant-garde bands and like mm-hmm. and like you know, like, because, and I would listen to, like, heavy metal on the radio, and it just wasn't doing it for me. This is kind of like Metallica at their worst time period. This is the, um, what's the one with the wrist, like, the hand? Oh, St. Anger? St. Anger Metallica. Yeah. And I was just like, God damn, that's, that's bad. Like, that's not good at all. And, like, everything was just, like, like, heavy metal was just very blah to me. Like, this yeah. is Limp Biscuit putting out the... Chocolate, hot dog, water. Not water. even that one, but, like, the... One where, like, Wes already left the band. Oh, I don't even know. The one where it's just, like, Fred Durst's face. I can't even think of what <laughs> I don't remember. But, but anyways, this is just, like, a bad time period for metal. For me, personally, I'm just like, ah, oh, damn, it just sounds bad. So, like, um, you know, like, all of a sudden, like, Radiohead sounded really good to me. And um, Massive Attack and, like, just not feeling anything. Like, I just I just thought everything, like, on the radio would sound, like, very blah. It was, like, the second revival of, like, grunge music. All of a sudden, like, Stain was really popular, mm-hmm. and there were all these bands that sounded like Stain that were on the Puddle of Mud. They were just, oh, like... Oh, yeah. Like, and all that quality, too, like, of them just whining. Like, oh I was like, what's God. the difference between this and, like, that pop-punk whiner? Like, at least, like, pop-punk kids are happy. Like, I can't get into this depressing-ass shit. Dude, I was just like, God damn, like, that shit's not for me now. Like... Like, and that's what really pulled me towards, like, things like Massive Attack and Bjork. That's, all of a sudden, I bought a Bjork CD, and I was just like, it was really different. It was not, like, it was still kind of rock music, but it wasn't, like, mm-hmm. radio stuff. And it wasn't until I met this dude, well, I went to high school with this dude. His name was Jeff, Jeff Newby. And he was telling me about all these, all these like metal bands, and I was just like, eh, whatever. And he's like, <laughs> and he was just like, dude, you don't like Slip, you don't even like Slipknot. And I was just like, nah. To be honest with you, I don't even listen to Slipknot. And then he's like, dude, just listen to Slipknot. And I was like, all right. I listened to Slipknot, and Slipknot was like the, for for me at that time period, it was like the heaviest shit I'd ever listened to. Like it was like the first heavy metal band that like that I listened to. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this doesn't even feel, like, okay for me to listen to. Like, <laughs> like I can't go from, like, Bjork to Slipknot. And um, and I started, like, getting into that. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I dig this. Like, I, I'm really digging, like, mm-hmm. Subliminal Verses. And, like, there were all these other bands that I was like, okay, now I want to hear something, like, heavier than this. So I remember at the time period, like, it was, like, Slipknot, Every Time I Die, The Dillinger Escape Plan, and Lamb of God were kind of like those like first little bands that I was just and Kill Search Engage as well, but I didn't really like that band. I still don't. So, <laughs> so, so like they were all kind of there and like, um, those are the bands that were recommended to me and I was just like, oh shit, like I kind of dig metal. Like I'm starting to like dip my foot in the pond starting again. To put my foot in the pond. Like this is not this is not Tool. This is not Nine Inch Nails. This is not Deftones. This is like actual like pit metal like yeah you might get killed at these shows kind of i think thing. that's what drew me into like the to to metal as well because as we documented you know in the first podcast like for me like i love that community sense of like death row records everybody was kind of like a family everyone uh moved as one you know as a group and the metal you really saw that 
and especially I, the first concert I went to was in 2003 to Summer Sanitarium tour and um, I just remember just I was only there for Metallica but you know I ended up seeing Mudvayne, Deftones, uh, Limp Bizkit you know all the you know Linkin Park when they were new and stuff but seeing Metallica and just seeing like people like just go crazy um, like knocking each other down but like when you get when you fall down they pick you right back up it just felt like this like tough love that was just like all right like i i can feel this like i can get into this and that's when i started to branch out more to bands like metallica you know the natural progression was to get into to megadeth to get into pantera uh to get into iron maiden you know and then follow their roots you know to black sabbath <clears throat> and just i became a total metalhead you know i transformed into uh, you're, you're atypical just metalhead you know always wearing black shirts and fucking just listening the loudest music I could you know in my car at the time and um, I felt like okay if th- if I'm going to identify myself with something it's going to be this it's, it's, it's genuine it's artistic and I started to become like a musical dick as well and I was just you know like when people would try to show me new music I do believe, like, my friend Chris at that time, he was trying to show me Slipknot, but I was like, dude, they can't even fucking play solos. Get that shit out of my face. Like, <laughs> like this isn't even corn quality good. Because at this time, I, I thought, like, okay, corn is cream of the crop. End of discussion. When it comes to new metal, like, I don't even give me anything else. So, like, for me, like, if it wasn't the most complex, like, guitar, like, I, like, I wasn't about it at all. Like, I, like, you couldn't convince me otherwise. And so I started to develop, like, that dick mentality, too. And I think what really started to change that for me is when I discovered Nine Inch Nails. And I don't know what it was, but just one day, like, I just started to listen to um, Closer. But not even, like, Closer with lyrics. It was just the instrumental. And what tied Closer in, or Nine Inch Nails in for me, was just that Closer just sounded like something Dr. Dre would do. And But at the same time, it, 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 it was darker. It was more uh, sexual. It was more artistic if you will that you know like I, I i'd like in my mind no one can make beats as good as dr Dre. no one but here's trent reznor doing it but he's also marrying the two with with rock music with a tinge of rock music and i just thought like wow like my mind was blown like i felt like i was listening to pink floyd for the first time but just an, an updated version of it and i got really into nine inch nails at this time period and I think I was in a. That's when I was in a band with, uh, with Micah and Elias at this time, and I and I just remembered like just immediately like not wanting to do that anymore. Like I didn't want. Like I started like have to, like like I'm never gonna be as good as Kurt Hammond on guitar. I'm never gonna be Dimebag Daryl. Like I'm not that good. But like I just want to listen to like this music. Like I want to lose myself into this genre for a while. And I remember getting into Nine Inch Nails. And I remember. Uh, working backwards um, into Tool <clears throat> and then um, getting really into that and it's funny like a funny like little side story about Tool I remember in high school like during this time period when I was becoming like a dick about music too like I was challenging people to like name you know name a better band than Metallica you know this one girl said Tool and I just started laughing I was like oh you silly girl that, that, that band is like light years below like Metallica they'll never match that and I remember when I list, listened to Lateralis for the first time, and it was like more of an experience than it was like a actual like Dude, <laughs> music CD. Like I felt like I like just went to like I just got out of church or something. Like like this was like I was like oh my god, 
So I, right now, I just want to apologize to Carrie Hall. <laughs> <laughs> like Tool, like I still don't believe that they're better than Metallica, but like that album was like probably just as good as anything Metallica's ever done. Okay, so one of the first shows I ever saw was uh, Tool, the Lateralis tour. It was like 2002. They came to Bakersfield. That was one of the most. That was like a religious experience. To this day, I've not matched anything to that show. Like, everything just felt beautiful. Like, I really felt like, like my soul had like, like I was like, oh wait, I'm just a soul inside of this shell kind of thing. You know, it was like some deeper than, some deep ass moment to feel like as a little kid watching it at 2000, 2002. You know, like. You realize your existence. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden I was like, oh shit. So, like, that's my, like, Tool moment. Tool is, like, a... I actually just saw Tool recently, like, uh, like four days ago. So, they're still a big part of my life. But, you know, to backtrack a little bit, um, uh, this is kind of like me trying to rediscover heavy metal music. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, like, a big Nine Inch Nails fan. So, I knew all the, like, Nine Inch Nails-related bands. Like, Marilyn Manson I was kind of into, like... There were all these things that I was going through, um, and so you know I started working at Target around this time period, and um, Jacob was already there. There were all these like other like kind of like metalhead guys that were working there. This guy named Eric was there. Micah you mentioned was already there. Yeah. Um. um and um. So I started working there, and, and mind you, we all worked in the electronics department too, which was like heaven on earth because like. I got paid to fucking organize CDs. Like, to me, like, that was just, like, masturbating all day. Like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow. And then, like, people would come up to me, and, like, I felt like it was, like, a game show. Like, oh, can you recommend a CD for... Yes, I can. And, like, I would lead them to, like, all these different-ass, like, CDs. Because in my mind, like, nobody knew more music than me. And then I remember there was this guy, Eric Castillo. Like, he came in. And for me, like, I was very, like, snobbish about music, and particularly heavy metal. I felt like I was, like, at the top of the mountain. Like, I, you know, knew more than everybody. Like, I, I had picked, hand-picked and cherry-picked all the good bands and knew everything about them. And here comes this kid from Tehachapi who's like, Oh, well, have you ever heard of Lamb of God? And I was like, what? No, I don't listen to Christian music. Yeah. What about Macedon? Uh, uh, like, is that, like, a Power Ranger? Like, you know? <laughs> And um, he would just introduce me to all of these, like, newer, you know, this new wave of American heavy metal. And it just, like, took me on a whole other journey. And this is, like, right when um, you started working there as well. And it's just, like, we just kind of became, like, this, this, like, like brotherhood, like, of, of music fans. Like, where everybody brought something to the table, but, like, we all kind of, like had like this nucleus of just like we all came back to like we love the genre of like metal yeah i remember like starting to work with eric and like i was kind of the newer guy and i was pretty intimidated by everyone there because uh, they all seemed to be pretty like tight with their little crews and then uh we would get these like little sheets that would say like what kind of what uh what cds are gonna get released the next week and so like i remember going through them and uh, there was this guy named dan Dan Dillinger or something like that? Like, it's like some rapper or R&B singer or something. It's a rapper art. Oh, it's a rapper. Sorry. From the Dog Pound. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Dan Dillinger's from there? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I remember telling Eric, like, oh, check this out. I thought it was going to be the Dillinger Escape Plan. And then he, he knew who the Dillinger Escape Plan was. And I was like, oh, shit. You listen to metal? And he's like, who are we on metal? Like, and he sounds like this, too. He's just like a fucking, like... <laughs> he sounds like a cartoon character. He's like, oh, hell, we are metal. I listen to all kinds of metal, man. 
you gotta check out fucking Lamb of God, you gotta check out, and I knew who Lamb of God was, and he he also introduced me to, to Mastodon, who I didn't know who Mastodon, I didn't know who they were, so I was like, hmm, this is gonna be an interesting, like, job I have now, so, like, yeah. Um, and it wasn't even like work It was just like showing up and hanging out with your friends at this point Yeah it was so fucking weird Like I remember thinking like Every day we were gonna just talk about metal like, And get were, paid seven twenty-five an hour dude, for it there was so much downtime there Like Eastside Target We were just like There was at least an hour a day We would just stand staring at each other Where we should have been walking the aisles Making sure no one was shoplifting But we didn't give a fuck Yeah Like we were just like just chilling there like talking about metal and like talking about all these bands and like it was like a really good time period for for me because i started listening to all these like other like i realized that i wasn't like metal enough and like jacob was really into metallica and i was like mm, i guess i should check out like, more metallica i was more of the old school metal head eric was like the new school metal head and then like art was kind of like the avant-garde like <laughs> metal head <laughs> which was like a good thing because you know it like forced me to like you know you know listen to other stuff besides like just straightforward metal you know like the in-between kind of stuff so everybody kind of balanced balanced the force if you will like <laughs> you know during this time period and then you had micah of course oh dude no way man like you gotta listen and like his always his recommendation is always something like whack ass dude shit. okay micah had the most whack ass recommendation the only thing he ever recommended to me that I actually liked was brand new everything else fucking sucked like everything else was like Circus Survive. No offense to Circus Survive, but it's like blah. It's like Anthony Green's worst project, even though it's his main project. Like it's just like everything. Thursday he was really into. Oh god. Like yeah. it was just like into like all these like terrible bands, and I was just like not feeling them. I don't know. Just like the kills. The kill. I like the kills. The kills are cool, but uh, <laughs> but dude, fucking Thursday fucking sucked. I remember he like didn't he like the the Thursday bird enough to like put it on his like bass amp or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um, so, like, we were just, like, hanging out, and then uh, they hired this guy named Greg Hampton. Oh, fuck, And yeah. that kind of, like, took... That took, took it, it to the next dude, level. Okay, no, no, sorry. They hired two people from... Tad, two more people from Tehachapi. Greg Hampton and Maestri, and they were both, like, huge metalheads. And I remember I got into an argument with Maestri because I was telling her... Like, there's no better singer in the world than Chino Moreno because he can do like the heavy stuff and he can sing. And she was like, Have you listened to a band called Between the Barrier and Me? Oh, shit. And I was just like, No, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> and she's like, You need to listen to the Between, Between the Barrier and Me. Like, that guy can sing and he has like a metal ass voice. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And so, like, they kind of like started to like push the threshold to like what metal was to me. Yeah, the new and, yeah. Like new new metal. Like I was yeah. like, oh fuck, like like and, shit that made us afraid. Yeah, like, yeah. Like then, Iron Maiden, like that 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 shit, like that number of the beast shit, like that that's Disney Channel shit. Like this was like some next level shit. And I remember Greg, he was in a band called Dog Eats Flesh. Fuck yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like he's like, oh shit, son. Like you gotta check out like Cannibal Corpse's first album. He like fucking. Hammer smash face and like like he was just like on this all this like crazy ass metal like I wouldn't even like touch with a ten foot pole not because it was bad but just because it was crazy and like he was like yeah man I'm in a band and like for the record like yeah he really does talk like that and he will be on one of these podcasts but like for the record he looks like Harry Potter and he talks like Napoleon Dynamite like you would never in a million years think that like like the band that he was in sounds like how he sounds like he is just straight up like and like like if I was gonna write the five greatest like 
death metal vocalists of all time, it would be Greg Hampton, Greg Hampton, <laughs> Greg Hampton, Greg Hampton, like and Greg Hampton, like straight up, like yeah. Like, he is the voice of deathcore. Yeah, like, that is that is who he is. And he's one of my best friends. Yeah, he's a, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, um, and he's handsome. Yeah. I hear so, <laughs> I, I hear he has an active Tinder page. <laughs> so, anyways, um, going going back to uh, what we were talking about, uh, yeah. At this point, we're all like huge metalheads. Uh, this is—I don't want to say this is like almost present time, but we're all like pretty close to each other now. And um, and I think that like we got to talk about the Lamb of God trip first, though. Okay. So at this point, we're all like pretty good friends. I'm. Greg wasn't there yet. No, Greg wasn't there yet. But I was kind of still the newer guy of, of the crew. And um, so we all decided to go see Lamb of God. And the trip is going to be four plus two. Okay, so it's uh, six people. Six people going. <laughs> and um, four people are going to go in one car. I think it's Jacob, Micah, Eric. And Elias. And Elias are going in one car. Car number two is me and this guy named Adan. Now, Adan's a good guy. Like, I don't want to, like, you know, bury him too much here. But, like, out of all of us, like, he is, like, the least metal person. Like, he, he's, like, the Zima of, like, metal here. Zima? I don't even think, like, he understood what he was going to. I think he thought we were going to a Christian concert. Because this dude, we all show up, like, in our metal t-shirts. You know, I probably got on a Metallica t-shirt. This guy's probably got a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt on. Micah's got a Third Age t-shirt on. <laughs> um... Fucking Eric, I know he had a fucking uh, Slipknot shirt on or whatever. And so we're all traveling up to Fresno to watch uh, Lamb of God. And I'm excited as shit, you know, because I think Gojira was playing as oh, well. fuck yeah. And so, like, I was excited to, like, see, like, a, like a new metal, like, band. Like, so, not not new metal, like, as in, like, corn new metal, but, like, new as in, like, like a brand new, like, just coming up yeah. metal band. So, yeah, Adon shows up, like, he's getting ready to go to fucking church on a Wednesday. Like, he shows up in slacks. Uh, dress shoes yeah. and like a button-up shirt and I'm like damn fool like are you gonna go into a job interview like I remember looking at him he goes oh no, no maybe oh, I don't know and like he yes talk like that. he really does talk like that and so I was like all right whatever fool uh AR you're gonna ride with this guy like I just kind of like it was just like nope I am I am not driving in that car so and I, I apologize for that by the way no, that's cool <laughs> so anyways we <laughs> We take the two-hour trip up north or whatever, and I'm like the whole time like we're it's debauchery in my car or whatever. Like they're drinking or whatever. I'm I mean I'm not because I'm like low-key straight edge. Like but you know the driver's drinking like out of a flask or whatever, and like the passenger has to like drive the wheel or whatever because he's doing no hands or whatever. It's total debauchery. Yeah. And I look behind us and I'm like, in a silent moment of clarity, I'm like thinking like, I wonder what Art's doing in that car. <laughs> Dude, okay. Alright, so I wasn't even 21 at the time. I think Adon was already, like, 25. And, like, so we weren't going to drink because he was a driver and I drove, like, a truck at the time that would have cost us, like, $300 to get there. So, um, so we're driving up to Fresno. It's just almost complete silence on the drive up there. We're, like, listening to, like, NPR. (laughs) (laughs) Really? It's just, like, it's just a shitty trip. Like, there's no, like emotion to this trip so um the longest two hours of your life yeah and i'm just like fuck man like i think we're like texting i'm texting like someone in the other car like either jacob or micah and i'm they're like oh yeah we're gonna like meet up at rallies or something we're gonna get some food before the show so i'm telling adon like all right we're gonna do this we're gonna get some food then we're gonna go like 
get in line. So, all this shit happens. We get to the show. I'm still kind of stuck with Adon at this point. Um, and at this point, like, I hadn't been to that many metal shows, but I've been to enough to know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I think this is his first metal show. So, he somehow, like, manages to get into, like, the middle, middle of the pit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, dressed in his slacks and his dress shoes and... I'm just like, oh shit, like, man, this guy's gonna get swallowed in this pit. What does he know what he's doing? Yeah, I was like, I wasn't sure if he was, you know, like, the ultimate badass and, like, totally knew what he was doing or he was just, like, lost. And then as soon as Gojira came on, and, like, at this, keep in mind, like, this is Gojira before any of us really knew who Gojira was. But the pit kind of, like, started to erupt and he was just like, I just saw the look of fear in his face, like, take (laughs) over, like, oh shit, like, I'm weighing over my head. And, um,. I kind of, like, grab him, and I'm like, oh, all right, dude, let's get the fuck out of the pit. Obviously, you don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. So, like, I'm kind of, like, babysitting him, like, the rest of the night. Like, I'm just kind of, like, staying next to him, making sure he doesn't get, like, killed. <laughs> and then, um, you know, each band gets heavier and heavier. I think Trivium played. Machine Head, it was Machine oh, Head. yeah. Machine Head, Trivium, and then Lamb of God was the headliner. And then, that's pretty fucking metal. Yeah. So, like, at the end of the show, like, everyone was, like, like fucking Eric came out with like blood on his face. Like everyone came out like super beat up. And besides me, he got in a fight. Yeah, like besides me and the Don, because I had to pull a Don out of the pit. You had to babysit. Yeah, I had to like make sure he didn't like get like molested or whatever. <laughs> and like, so at this point, like me and the Don are like totally 100% like untouched, because like I had to pull him to the sidewall. And they're all like, all right, we're gonna go to In and Out Burger now. They've been drinking, we haven't. So like, all right, whatever, let's go get some In and Out, and we can go back to Bakersfield. So we get some in and out. We're like gonna follow them back to the freeway. All of a sudden, like a Don gets confused or some shit, and like starts driving like against the traffic on the freeway. Like gets onto like the on ramp on the freeway and like starts driving into the freeway. I have no idea to this day how he managed to get and out. Mind you, again, like he was the only one probably not drinking besides me. Yeah, he was not drinking. He was like just didn't even get punched in the face like it wasn't like he had a concussion and now he was driving or something <laughs> he was just fine and like he was just like so like just so out of it at this point i think he was just in shock from what he saw at the concert fucking devil took his body over yeah him. and like <laughs> yeah that sucked man i hated these guys for a while i was like man fuck this shit like and i remember feeling so bad about that because i was like i was like starting to get annoyed by like uh you know some of the debauchery or whatever and so i remember the next week or whatever at work or whatever i just made it a point like okay i gotta make this up to art and so i made it a point to talk to him more <laughs> about you know just about music and stuff and that's when he really started you know turn me on to like these other bands you know to get this podcast back on track <laughs> so yeah, like you know that's when he started showing me like portishead you know uh, things like in that in that vein and I, you know, because for a while, like, I just had, like, all these, like, just violent bands, you know, that I would listen to. And so, like, you know, like, you were, like, kind of, like, that calming force. And I always remember liking the Deftones, but not, like, literally, like, the love that you had for them. Like, it definitely wasn't there um, in my mind. So I started, like, really, like, pay attention more to stuff like that, you know. And every day, like, I was just, like... Hey Art, like I listen to this, you know, it's kind of like a like a teacher like <laughs> student relationship at this point, where it's just like, 
you know, like, I'm not going to let him know. Like, I'm going to pretend like I already, like, knew this. But, like, I'm going to be like, hey, man, I was listening to Saturday Night Wrist the other day. But that shit, like, I really like that album. And, like, truth be told, like, I had never listened to that album. But and so me and this guy started to become, like, uh, closer friends. And I know we mentioned Greg, but we never talked about how he came into the crew. I don't remember how he came. I, I remember the first time I met him. I was sitting in the break room at Target, and he comes up to me, and he's like, Hey, man, do you like Dashboard Confessionals? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fuck no, I know. Like, and he's just like, oh, okay, you, just look, you look like that kind of guy, like the kind of guy that would like sit there with like, an acoustic guitar and play Dashboard. And I was like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Sorry, I kind of spit right now. <laughs> but uh, it was like, uh, I, I was kind of annoyed by Craig, to be honest with you, at first. Yeah. Until he's I an acquired to, taste. Yeah, he definitely becomes an acquired taste, but I I dig him now, I guess. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like the guy now, but at, the, at that time period, I was like, dude, no. like. Yeah. For me, like, I remember, like, a lot of people, like, they kind of had that, like, first impression by him. Like, they, they I felt like they were annoyed by him. And I just remember, like, some some girl that worked there, like, oh, have you met, have you met Napoleon Dynamite yet? And I was like, who? And so, like, one day I was working in toys, of course. And um, he shows up to help Zone. And I was like, hey, what's going on, man? And lo and behold, this is Greg. You know, the kid that looked like Harry Potter and talked like Napoleon Dynamite. And he, like he like I said earlier, you know, he's telling me about his band, Dog Eats Flesh. And I'm like, oh, okay. It must be, like, one of those, like, little jackass bands or whatever. Like, totally, like, dismissing him or whatever. And he started telling me about all these, like, crazy metal bands or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is a fucking serial killer. And, <laughs> and so... But it forced me, like I said, to listen to, like, you know, this other stuff I didn't know about. Like, I was intrigued by that. Like, it made, it sparked something. Like, you know, at this time, I had listened to the Black Album probably two billion times. I, you know, knew every Dimebag Daryl lick that there was for Pantera. So it was just like, I was I was hungry for more music, you know, especially heavy music. And um, I remember listening, watching the new edition of uh, Headbangers Ball with Jamie Josta and um, this band in Mon and Marth. Uh, came on and if you don't know who Amon and Martha is like watch that shit because not only are they a good band they're hilariously good they're basically like new age vikings who play metal and fucking drink beer out of fucking cow horns and shit like it's fucking amazing as shit so just like with this guy like where I was like anxious to tell him about like the new Deftones song like I discovered like I ran and told like Greg like dude have you ever heard about this like band called Amon and Martha he's like Oh, yeah, son. I did you got to know about their first album, though? And he, like, went on this, like, four-hour rant about it. And I was like, holy shit. This guy knows fucking ten times more than Dude, anybody he knows. he knows a lot about metal music. Like, he's an encyclopedia of that stuff. I remember he, like, showed me Imani Marth. And, like, he was like, check out the making of this video, boy. And, like, <laughs> and it was like, I couldn't, I thought it was a joke. Because they, like, talk about, like, this song is about... Thor, the god of lightning, and little, and I'm just like, this isn't real, is it? Like, this is meant to be funny, and like, he's like, no, boy, this is real shit. Like, they really believe this shit. Like, that's this is Viking culture, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, yeah, like all of a sudden, like you know, like new types of metal were introduced, and a lot of it was because of Greg. Like, Greg was like, kind of mm-hmm. like pulling me out of my shell, and like kind of telling me like go check out jerry's pizza shows and like i was like mm, all right i'll go check out these jerry pizza shows and like oh if you don't know jerry's pizza is like the local like metal venue we have here yeah and so like you know i went from like these like 
metal, like, artsy, big-time bands. So, like, all of a sudden, like, checking out, you know, whatever. I'm trying to think of, like... Number 8 looks like oh, you. Oh, yeah. Number, the number 12 looks like you or, you know, the march into the flames and things like that. And I was just like, eh, okay, like, I, I kind of dig this. You know, like, this is kind of cool. And I remember being really intrigued by, like, Greg. Like, he was, like... How do I put it? Like, he was an enigma. And I think you know where I'm going by this. And the reason why I brought up that show, the number 12 looks like you show, because yeah. I was still trying to, you know, find that new music or whatever. And, like, at this time, this is, like, when scene kids were big. And you had a girlfriend at this time, and you yeah. guys really wanted to see this show. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll go. And Wait, wait, okay. Real quick side note. The reason I wanted to go to it is because there was a band called Idiot Pilot that was going to go there. And Idiot Pilot was one of those, like, bands that was associated to Deftones. And so that's why I really wanted to go. But anyways, continue. So there were all these scene kids, you know, and they were doing their, like, slam dances or whatever. Like, their little scene dances or whatever. Or, like, hardcore dance. Yeah, hardcore dances or whatever. And I remember I had been talking to Greg about this. And I remember him showing me this. And he goes, boy, I'll tell you what. I was the best of all time at this stuff in Tehachapi. And one of my, my band Dog Eats Flesh would play. Like, we would shut the whole fucking venue down, son. And, like, I just remember, like, having that stuck in my head when I was seeing all these kids and like I was like totally not impressed with this at all like I was like man these fools look ridiculous so I get on my like T-Mobile phone or whatever like my <laughs> fucking prepaid phone or whatever this time and I start texting Greg I was like dude where are you at he was like boy I'm at home watching fucking creep show what are you doing boy and I was like dude you need to come to Jerry's right now and show all these scene kids how it's done and he's like I'm on my way <laughs> and I was like oh shit and so this, to me, to this day, like, this is the most glorious fucking story ever. So I see, like, I'm in this fucking basement with all these, like, noobs, like, fucking, like, scene dancing and hardcore dancing or whatever. And I'm just kind of, like, just observing it like like an asshole that I am. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man, this is this week. I can't wait to get the fuck out of there. So if anybody's ever been to Jerry's, you know that, like, fucking, they have, like, this staircase that leads down to, like, the basement where, where the bands play. So I'm, like, waiting for, you know, Greg to get there or whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, he's just going to show up, you know, like, dressed how we're dressed or whatever in all black and jeans or whatever. Nope. This guy comes down like fucking Jesus from heaven <laughs> in his fucking flannel, like, pajama bottoms and some moccasins and, like, a fucking <laughs> a kitty cat, like, turquoise shirt. It fucking with bedhead, like, didn't even bother to, like, dress, <laughs> dress up at all. And then, like, I can hear him over the fucking band, like, Oh shit, son, it's about to go down. And he fucking just jumps in the pit and just starts throwing people all the way the fuck over. Like, fucking. I think he, like, fucking punches a girl in the face. Dude, I remember, like, he he went so crazy. Like, as soon as he got in the pit and started, like, doing his hardcore dance, I, like, I ran towards him and, like, gave him, like, a fake hug because he was about to knock people out. Like, because his arms were just, like, swinging everywhere. And so I just, like, grabbed him and, like, hugged him. And I was like, oh, Greg, good to see you. <laughs> make, make sure you don't punch anyone in the face. But he did, though. He knocked a girl out. Yeah. He, uh, Not I, on purpose, but, like, yeah. I mean, but, like, it was the craziest thing I had ever saw in my life. And just as soon as he came, he left, like, right after, yeah. like, the last band. All right, son, I got to wake up early. It was fun hanging out with you guys. And then left. And, like, to this day, I was like, fuck, dude. Greg is my goddamn fucking metal hero right now. Yeah, dude. He, he definitely, like... He definitely changed a lot of things for us, uh, metal-wise. Um, and even though I give this kid, like, a hard time, like, I gotta say, this dude's, like, probably one of the best friends I have. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a sweetheart. He's a total yeah. sweetheart. And I hear his wiener is huge. Really? I, I never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I assume it is. 
know. According to his Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Where are we at? Like fucking 2005 uh, or something? Point, yeah, this is like 2005 to 2007. So I remember like fucking Avenged Sevenfold became a big thing right around yeah. here. I don't, because I hated that band. Yeah. So I remember, like, I was playing Madden one day, and fucking, like, all of a sudden, like, that song, fucking, what is it called, Backcountry came on. And it was, I, I was like, holy shit, they play guitar solos. Yeah, like, there's guitar solos all of a sudden. And I was like, okay, I guess, like, let me check this band out. And I remember trying so hard to get into this band because they played guitar solos. Because for the, a long period of time, like, between Korn... And this time period, like, it was, like, not cool to play any guitar solos. Even Metallica had stopped playing guitar solos. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, fucking almost unforgivable at this point. And so, I, I tried really hard to get into Vince Sevenfold, but I just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot, there was a big guitar solo revival going around this time period. Like, they were Dragon Force. Oh, yeah. Like, it was because of that Guitar Hero game, right? Yeah, like, Guitar Hero came out, and, like, all of a sudden, like, everyone was doing guitar, uh, guitar solos. Like, even, like, the post-hardcore bands that I was into. I was a big Glassjaw fan. I'm still a huge Glassjaw fan. But, like, bands like uh, Fall of Troy, all of a sudden, became, like, really guitar-oriented. Like, everyone mm-hmm. was... Everyone wanted their song on Guitar Hero. So, um... I don't know. Guitar, guitar solos started making a comeback. I was not a huge fan. Like, I've never been a big guitar solo fan, you know. That's kind of one of the few things we disagree on. Because I like guitar solos, but I'm not that crazy about them. Um, uh, around, what is this, like 2008, 2000? 2006 or something like okay. that. Uh, I think this is, like, right when fucking um, Leviathan comes out, though, isn't it? Uh, I thought Leviathan was already... No, this is, like, no, because at this point, uh, Blood Mountain's already out. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. No, yeah, you're right, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, Eric is the one that introduced me to that. Yeah, once I met Eric, uh, Blood Mountain was already out. And, like, I was pretty pretty in love with that album. Oh, I know what's going on. Uh, I leave to Texas for a while. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I kind of forget about that. Yeah, so then I leave to Texas for a while. I kind of do my own thing, kind of start, like, finding music around this time period again but like in texas where everyone's just mad at each other um (laughs) and like and republican yeah everything's like really republican and all of a sudden i start getting like that that like oh okay now i get metallica now i get now i get uh pantera because pantera if if you've never been to texas pantera is like you would think pantera is like the beatles like pantera is god in, in texas and so like everywhere you go you just see pantera everywhere and um and so I was like, okay, like, okay, I, I kind of dig Pantera, and I, I kind of dig Metallica. I like early Metallica, and at this time period, like, I had a lot of free time, because I didn't really have a lot of friends in Texas. So I started listening to Ride the Lightning, which to this day, I still say, Ride the Lightning by Metallica is the most perfect metal album mm. ever. Like, hands down to me, that is the most, like, from start to finish, that is, like, what metal is. Yeah. And so I love Ride the Lightning by Metallica. And it was the first time I, like... Although I'd heard the Black Album by Metallica, I, I, I don't think that that's that great. Like, it's okay, but Ride the Lightning to me was like, fuck. Like, that was what Mastodon's been trying to do. And it's like... That's what I feel like a lot of bands have been trying to do. And, like, Metallica already did it, like, perfected it right then and there. So I had... I started to, like, respect Metallica. And I started to, like... 
I started to like work my way backwards and I knew these guys were into like bands like Iron Maiden so I started kind of working my way backwards uh, with bands like Motorhead um, Judas Priest uh, I kind of went through like my like little like 80s like early 90s kind of like thing where I was going through separate from them and then you know once we all kind of met back up um, oh yeah the show huh yeah we kind of all met up again and then you moved back from Texas and we go see uh, it's Judas Priest um, Heaven and Hell yeah the, uh, basically the Black Sabbath yeah Dio's version of Black Sabbath and Motorhead at yeah. um, in the fucking uh, Glen Helen Pavilion yeah and fucking uh, to me this that's like it wasn't the best concert I ever saw but it was one of the best times because you know like everyone was kind of on the same wavelength um, we got to see three classic bands um, that Dude, that's sad to say, like, Lemmy's Lemmy's gone. And um, and Dio's passed away. That's pretty sad. And we got to see some of their last concerts ever, you know? And it was just, like, one of the best times ever, you know? Because it felt like a a genuine old-school show. Because nowadays, everyone kind of shows up at, you know, these new arenas, and you kind of go home right afterwards. But, you know, this this concert, it was like a festival. Like, you showed up, you had people fucking tailgating and blasting like you know all of their music and in the parking lot and then you you know you find your place out in the field and you just watch your you watch fucking motorhead play you watch uh, heaven and hell play for three hours you watch judas priest play a three-hour set and it's just fucking a day full of metal hanging out with your fucking brothers and shit yeah dude i remember like there were like all these like older metalheads there and they're like what up young metalheads or like something like that and i was like Man. but it was like a community though yeah too. it was like pretty badass i remember like i wore a deftone shirt to that concert because i had a deftone shirt that's it looked like the Def leopard logo oh yeah and i wore that shirt to that concert and so i think a lot of people thought i was wearing a Def leopard shirt so like <laughs> It was such a fun moment to me. Like, that's when I really started to realize, like, metal is more than just the music. It's, like, a community. Like, yeah. Like, if you just saw someone on the street and they were wearing, like, a Metallica shirt, you automatically had something in common with them. Yeah. Like, it was, it was just a brotherhood. It was, like, um, it was bigger than the music itself. Uh, yeah. And to me, yeah, that, like, that's what, like, I clicked to me. Like, yeah, it, like, I started to get out of that like dickish period like where it was like I was being an elitist and I just accepted like okay we're all here for the same purpose to enjoy some good ass music with yeah. like legit friends you know and you know with no strings attached you know it was just an actual like loving community you know it didn't matter you know what color you were it didn't matter your background it didn't matter your religion it didn't matter anything it wasn't about worshiping a devil it wasn't about anything else it was just being a community that was there for you and I think like if more more you know genres implemented that you know like this world would probably be a better place yeah definitely like i think you know i've met some of my closest friends because of metal and like um metal's gotten me through a lot through a lot of like you know bad shit in my life and um and more so than hip-hop like although i love hip-hop music uh metal music has just like been that constant force in my life where it it like it, it gets such a bad rap you know a lot of times people will hear it and be like that's the devil's music but really like it's it's such a positive force like it mm-hmm. it it's you know for a lot of people that don't have a lot going on you know don't have the most supportive parents or whatever it may be you know like it's something that's always there it's always supportive and it's always like it always understands your pain mm-hmm. so like 
you know, and I think a lot of people relate to that. So, like, you know, when you meet a complete stranger on the street and they're wearing a band that you like and, like, you know, you see someone else wearing a, a Slayer shirt or, like, Cannibal Corpse shirt, you kind of know, like, you know, you, you, we have something in common and it's a little bit we're, deeper. We're part of the same fucking umbrella. Like, yeah. And, you don't even have to know their name and you already know that, hey, you're, you're, you're a part of, you're a friend to me. Yeah, and I remember, like, recently we went to go see Mastodon. And I was just like, you know what, like, we're, we're kind of lucky because we have all these, we have these friends, like, it was you, me, and Ben, and we met some random dude at, in, on, in the line. Yeah. And, like, I was just like, you know what, like, we've never met before. We, he, like, added us on Facebook. He was just, like, really cool with us. He still comments on some of the stuff we, like, post. And, like, and it's just easy to have something in common with someone when you, like, kind of like go to war with him in the pit and like you're you're bleeding with him and you're like sweating, sweating with him and like you're getting bruises and then the minute the show ends you like you're all friends again like it's fine like mm -hmm. it's it's, it's a, like an exercise basically yeah definitely yeah if anyone's ever you know <laughs> worked out or anything like that it's like that it's like a it's like a you exercise all the negativity out of your life and you know you come out of it a new uh person you know and it's it's like going like that experience too like coming out of church you feel you feel cleansed you know without you know though that stigma you know of like i have to follow a certain religion you know and to me like that's what it's always been about it's like finding yourself through art and and Dude, that's I, and to me like i said last podcast you know art to me it's not something that you know it, it's it's good for you know two seconds like like a plate of uh, taco bell or something like that or you know some like a like a box of french fries you know it's something that's something you can enjoy forever you know you don't look at the mona lisa as something that's like a 700 year old painting like oh that's old no you, you look at it like as a, all, a timeless piece of art and that's how i see metal as well yeah you know that's one of those things that i feel like that's the one thing that people don't really understand um, unless you've been to like a metal show and you realize like you know the minute you get out and you're you, you're kind of tired and it's like you, it's almost like the whole like fight club mentality where like like all of a sudden you can sleep better at night because you've got that like anger and frustration out of your system it, and like it's it's a really beautiful thing and, I, and it kind of sucks that you know it gets kind of a bad rap um, and I think too, because it's just so misunderstood um, with the lyrics and whatnot. And I think yeah, I mean for a, for the most part, it, it's all for show. Like I, like when you really break it down, Ozzy Osbourne, you know, he has no ties to the devil or anything like that. You know, it's all it's all for show. It's all stuff to like creep your parents out. You know, yeah. because who like in all reality, who really wants to listen to the same thing that their mom and dad listens to? Like nobody does. So I mean, it's it's like a tool to like you know like separate that. Oh shit! I just knocked over my drink. <laughs> I'm talking with my hands and I just knocked over a drink. I was getting all passion. But yeah, no, it, it, it's it, and it's fun too. Like you know, it's a very testosterone-driven form of music where, you know, not everyone's gonna get it. You know, but like a guy, like a normal average guy, like we just want to see stuff blow up sometimes. You know, yeah. like not everything is puppy dogs and like happy relationships all the time either. You know, like we got, we got, we got, we got. I want to put on an Arnold movie and I want to hear some fucking Slayer sometimes. Yeah, I think for me personally, um, I remember the first time I saw Deftones live, which is my favorite band. Um, that kind of like solidified like this is the perfect like 
uh, yin and yang of like heavy and like beautiful at the same mm-hmm. time and I feel like that's another reason why I related to it so well was because it was artsy enough to the point where like I didn't feel like a you know like a fucking retard watching <laughs> some like puddle of mud thing and it was like metal enough to like bring like, out that testosterone yeah it was just like you know like there was all those head banging moments and like pit and you can shove people and like it was awesome and like um I, I think from that point on, I've, like, never looked back. Like, I always knew that resonated perfectly with me. And, like, I've been, like, very unapologetic about it. Like, recently, like, I brought this up to someone, and I was, like, telling them... It was actually right after the Mastodon concert. Like, somebody was like, hey, do you want to, like, hang out? Because I think Mastodon was on a Thursday, and they wanted to hang out on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know what? I Maybe, but I might not be healthy enough. And then, <laughs> and then they took that as, like, what do you mean, like... And I was just like, I'm just letting you know, like, I let out a lot of aggression. Not, like, in a, like, because Bad I'm, way. Not, yeah, not because I'm mad, not because, like, I, I'm pissed at something in particular. I'm just letting you know, like, day-to-day life, I don't care who you are. Like, you build up frustration in, like, your job and while you're waiting in traffic and, like, while you're, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like, where you're waiting in line to go buy your fucking uh, chicken McNuggets or whatever. <laughs> like, you're just building up frustration. And if, I feel like it's healthy to let that out. And that's what metal, like, gives us. Yeah. So, I don't know. I fully support metal. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, well, I guess this is towards the end of our little yeah. journey. So, what, uh, what would you say uh, you're listening to right now in the form of metal Ooh. and rock music? Uh, as far as, like, bands that I... The album, metal albums that I'm listening to right now, I would say um, Gojira, the Magma album, has been pretty big for me. Uh, Code Orange Kids which is like a younger metal band pretty much everything that they've done has been awesome of course i still listen to deftones um you mean like band like newer bands or just like in anything general? right now yeah oh okay um I'm trying to think uh hmm uh deaf heaven deaf heaven is like progressive black metal which like has been like a new thing for me um and um, I guess Tool just cause I saw Tool recently and I've kind of like started going down this like spiritual thing again where I'm like okay I wanna like achieve that level of like Buddhist quality consciousness consciousness right now where I'm like and metal really helps with that. Like, once you're tired and you're like, that shit didn't matter. Like, I can move forward now. Tool mm-hmm. really helps me achieve that. So, like, Tool, that's another thing that I've been listening to lately. So, I don't know. Uh, and for me, like, um, nothing, like, too uh, <laughs> cool like you. <laughs> I'm, but really, like, in all honesty, <laughs> I've just been, like, listening to, like, heavy metal, like, covers of, like, Kenny G and, like... Celine Dion and shit. Like, no, I'm being serious here. Like that, like that's like what's getting me off lately. And like, like I'll be waiting for like management to open up like the office or whatever, and I'll just be sitting in my car listening to like Careless Whisper, like the heavy metal like cover version and shit. And like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like to me, like it, it's it's hilarious, but it's fucking awesome too because I love all that music too. Like, like no joke. Like, <laughs> and just to hear like that heavy metal like. Uh, take on it is like it's all the more better you know adds a little bit more uh, uh a little more salsa to my taco if you will <laughs> you know what i'm saying 
So, but what would you say too? Like your your favorite albums, like album wise. What would you? Ooh, that's tough. Because uh, then it starts getting into like, what do you technically consider what metal is? Yeah. And that's like a whole different discussion. But I would say like as far as like heavy rock slash metal. Yeah. Um, I would say in no particular order, besides this first one. <laughs> Because uh, this one comes to mind really quickly. It's White Pony by Deftones, uh, Total Lateralis, um, The Dillinger Escape Plan, the Miss Machine album, because that's like the first like heavy, heavy thing I was into. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. Um, Metallica, Ride the Lightning, and. I feel like I'm neglecting so many bands right now. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I want to say Nine Inch Nails, but I don't really consider Nine Inch Nails a metal band. It's um, still hard rock. They're still hard rock. I mean, it's basically it's a rock podcast. You don't have to worry yeah. about okay, these companies. Okay, I, I guess I'll go with um, the Downward Spiral by Nine yeah. Inch Nails. Nice. And for me, I mean, I could fill out my whole top five just naming the first five Metallica albums. I mean... Yeah anyone who knows me but you know if i could just put them all into one category i will so metallica in general um the first five albums and then i gotta definitely say iron maiden's uh, number of the beast and power slave uh you know as a you know next tier um a lot of people think uh number of the beast is their best record but i honestly think power slave is actually their best one like from front to back i fucking love that album um Three, I definitely got to say, uh, "Vulgar Display of Power" by Pantera, like that. Just uh, like, that's good. Yeah, I love that album so much because it does have like that perfect balance of what you were talking about with Deftones, like where it has like those just, those just raw, like you know, head banging uh, qualities to it. Then it has like you know, softer moments as well. Um, so yeah, I love that album to death. And then um, I gotta say, um, with Mastodon is in there as well, and it, it teeters between Blood Mountain and Leviathan, you know, for me, and Crack the Sky. Like, those three albums, um, I gotta listen to, like, like together. Like, I can't just listen to one without listening to other. Like, it all goes hand in hand for me because, I mean, it, their music is so... It's like Tool. It's like Metallica. It's like Lamb of God. It's like, it's like everything, but just... It's it's their own thing, you know, and I I love it. I dig it. It's 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 so great. Um, and then I gotta say too, yeah, Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails because that's what really got me into um, that fork in the road. You know, there's you know your Metallicas and your Slayers and your Panteras, but then there's this other side to heavy music too, where it's not just straightforward metal. You know, it's a it, it muddies that water. So um, and then too, it, it not only bridges that gap between. Um, you know, like I said, that production quality that Dr. Dre has, but also has like those good qualities that you know your elite musicians from you know the metal universe have as well. So that's a pretty solid list. Um, yeah, I mean, Pantera is like a band that um, that I definitely respect a lot. I wish I would have. I wish I would have gotten more into them. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know that much about them. No, I, I do know a lot about them. But um, uh, but uh, for some reason, like, Pantera is always, like, 
I associate Pantera to, to Texas a lot, mm-hmm. and so like I, I every time I think of Pantera, I think of Texas. Like that that band only exists in Texas, guys. Like <laughs> and Oildale. Yeah, like that shit's a Texas thing. Like you know what? I gotta give a shout out to like Guns N' Roses too. Like even though like technically they only have like two or three albums or whatever or two albums, if you will. Yeah. Um, that that fucking band that was that was a fucking great ass band too. That like that they forced me to just like respect um, flo- very flowing versions of rock music whereas like you know Metallica was very like intro chorus uh, solo you know very regimen this was like more just like free flowing just like rock music so I gotta give it I mean I feel like I didn't talk about Guns N' Roses one bit so yeah I'm trying to think of other bands that I kind of like left out right now um Black Sabbath, I feel like we can't, like... I didn't talk about Black Sabbath enough. Black yeah. Sabbath is a band that, um... More recently, like, I've gotten more respect for them. Um... And because they're kind of, like, almost the godfathers of metal. Like, they're oh, the yeah. first, like, dark, heavy band that you can consider metal. So, like, yeah. They're a, they're a huge influence. Obviously, they weren't, like, the first band that I was into. But... You know, now that I'm older and I'm like, hey, I, I kind of appreciate this as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Black Sabbath, I think I kind of touched on Rob Zombie. Although Rob Zombie gets like this bad rap of being like cheesy and radio rockish, Rob Zombie was like a big deal for me. To me, I always think like Rob. When I think of Rob Zombie, like I feel like he's like that. Um, like okay, like when you remember back in the day, like Nickelodeon, they had Ren and Stimpy, right? Yeah. But then they also had the MTV version of Ren and Stimpy as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like where it was more like uh, cruder, ruder, and whatnot. Like to me, like Rob Zombie was like the, it was still a cartoon, but it was like the MTV like cruder version of a fucking cartoon. You know, it's not yeah. clean like SpongeBob or whatever or fucking uh, Rugrats or whatever. It's a little bit dirtier, so. It, we're, it's gonna have its own time slot at 11 o'clock after Beavis and Butthead. Like, that's that's what I feel like uh, Rob Zombie's music is. It's not totally clean, but it's not... Uh, it, it's not... What's the what's the cartoon that he made? Like, Super Beasto or something like that? Like Oh, yeah, that rest, movie? Yeah. Like, um, I feel like he kind of gets who he is. Like, he, he feeds on, like, these, like... Uh, like mid to late seventies, like grindhouse things, where it's like you either get it or you don't, mm-hmm. and like that's that's one of those things that I dig about Rob Zombie that I feel like he kind of gets it, like he's he's kind of a caricature of this like late seventies, like horror film grindhouse over the top comic book thing that you're either in on in on it or you're not, yeah. And so like that's one of those things that I really dig about Rob Zombie, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But other than that, man, I really don't have anything else, man. Yeah, I got no nothing besides uh, <laughs> keep listening to heavy metal music, keep checking out local your local bands, keep keep your ear to the streets. Keep uh, the scene alive, yeah, brother. Keep, keep the scene alive. Like, I feel like I still listen to a couple like younger bands, but for the most part, like you know, it's got to be those like high school kids that kind of like give it give Carries it new the blood. Torch. Yeah, like. Yeah, we're kind of too old to carry the torch, so, like, it's those high school kids. If any high school kids are listening to this, <laughs> goddamn, you should be listening to something cooler, but I'm glad you're listening to this. <laughs> and I uh, hope you're listening to metal music. And with that said, guys, uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good night. <laughs>